Hi everyone, Ashley Brown here. Welcome to Hawks Insiders. Uh, it is around 16 recap. Uh, God awful day at the MCG. Hawthorne, 7-10-52, beaten by Carlton, 17-10. 112, the only saving grace was that there were 66,000 people there, a lot of Carlton supporters paying money to go watch the game, put into Hawthorne's coffers. One of those people was Darren Levine, who's back from his fact-finding Tequila Slam session in Mexico and LA. Welcome back, Darren. G'day, boys. Good to be back. Um, probably should have done some player scouting over there in, in Mexico, uh, given the performance today. But it was good to be back at the G and in amongst footy. Thankfully, missed last week's game completely. So um, was looking forward to this one. But uh, yeah, just the less said, the better. And what do the Mexicans think of Hawthorne's list management strategy? Um, yeah, they're into it. They're, they're, they're big on the, the Sam Mitchell bandwagon. Um, um, but yeah, no, I, I actually had to explain the game to quite a few Mexicans. So we, we may get a few more supporters taking out online memberships. Let's hope so. And Danny Prince, you uh, watched the game without being there. Welcome. Yeah, thanks, Ash. Um, pulled out on Saturday, had the opportunity to take the two eldest boys, just had a bad feeling and saw the weather and as being as fair weather as I am as a dad of two young, young boys or three young boys. I just, uh, I just made the executive decision to watch it from the comfort of my own couch and, uh, very glad I didn't, um, venture in. You two relate to this more than I would, but, um, so I saw quite early, I was traveling in on my own, meeting people there and fortunate enough to be able to use the car park as an accredited media member. So I gave myself plenty of time, thought I'd catch up with some people pre-game. Disney bloody on ice absolutely turned Punt Road, even though the MCG car park was closed, into an absolute car park. Even the, the Southeastern car park lived up to his name as well, or Monash car park. It took me forever to get to MCG today. So the omens were bad. I should have just turned around and gone home anyway. Now, we're going to do this slightly differently today just to shake things up a bit. Um, there still are player ratings or rankings, but rather than just rattle off every player and their stats and yada, 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 and we're not particularly, none of us particularly enthused about going into great depths about every player. We're going to do it a different way, and we're going to do an auction system, sort of like a bit like a, an auction system. I'm going to count down from 10 to 1 in terms of player rankings, and when I get to a ranking, to a figure that you think is a player that deserves that ranking, or that rating, you'll pipe up and we'll talk a bit about that player. So we'll get a lot of down towards the end. So I'm going to start with 10. I figure no one today from Hawthorne gets a 10. No one will get a 9.5. No one gets a 9. I'm getting the hurry on. Does anybody get an 8.5? This is radio, podcast. You actually have to say something. You can't just nod oh, your head. Uh, no. 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Did you this one through, Ash? <laughs> I have, but you've actually okay. got to get... Like, well, the program. Okay, well, I'll keep going. You got to just keep rattling the numbers yeah, no, off. No, we're ready. Go down. Um, does anybody get an eight? Not for me. We, we are in no, harsh not, today because there was one player who could get into the eight discussions, but well, Ash, I think you've got to throw your hat in the ring then. No, the- I don't really, but I thought okay. maybe okay, seven point five. Yeah, I'll jump in here. Yep, there you go. Yeah. Um, so I think there's actually two. I would have give I would give two people uh, a seven and a half out of ten. Uh, the first one I would give uh, is Josh Ward um, on his return to the Hawthorne AFL side. I thought he was a shining light. 
um, throughout the game. I thought his um, ball use was reasonable, which if you compare it to most of the rest of the side, makes him look very good because our ball use in general was pretty awful this afternoon. And I just thought to come in after no AFL football for what is it? Six weeks, Ash, I think something like nine since you last played. Yeah. So even longer and to lead the team in disposals in your first game back and to have 21 pressure acts as well um, is a really good um, positive result. And I think a bit of a reminder for those who, um, just because he'd been missing from the AFL side, we're already writing him off as a, not a lock in our 22. When this man is fit and firing, this is this is one of our premier on-ballers for the next 10 to 12 to 15 years. So um, I think great, great first up effort. Let's see how he goes next week, but definitely worthy of a 7.5. All right. And you said you had someone else? Yeah, Will Day. Um, I actually think Will Day, even though um, he his disposal again wasn't amazing, I actually think he was clearly our best player. Um, and I think he was because he was the only one really um, that I, I felt was really competing every single time the ball was in his area. Um, you know, he had the 26 touches, uh, 22 pressure acts. He went behind the ball and took a few marks when he needed to. He um, should have kicked a goal, kicked a point. Uh, yeah, and I, I just thought he led from the front. He had a goal assist. He had five score involvements, um, 537 metres gained, and he had four clearances. So, um, again, I think Will um, led from the front. Um, you know, to talk, to talk about his ability to cover the ground, he had – five rebound 50s and seven inside 50s. So he was doing it everywhere. So uh, for me, I think Will was our best player, even though his ball use needs to get a bit better. We had that chat with him a little while ago. He went at 69% disposal efficiency. He he should be up around 80 plus because he's just such a good user by hand and foot. Um, but everything else of his game, I thought uh, today was, was very good. Well, right. So, uh, I'm scratching out the players as we go along, and hopefully this will all work. So, a, a number seven. Anyone get a ranking of seven? Yeah, I'm. I'm going to jump in here for the for the first rating for tonight, and uh, yeah, it's James Walpole for me. Um, I thought in a game where we really lost it um, at the contest, he had the most contested possessions for any hawk on the ground. Uh, 20, 20 odd, twenty five pressure acts. Um, just worked hard all day. Uh, just, you know, was under pressure all day again. You know, the disposal efficiency had improved. 77% is not too bad for Wolf. So someone who gets it in and under and is always under pressure. So I thought he had a reasonable crack, Warpool, today. So well-deserving of that seven. He was busy today, Warpool, I thought, looking at him. didn't uh, wasn't, wasn't the greatest game he's ever played, but he, he worked hard and certainly one of the – Few players in the first half that seemed to play with any urgency, and he's sort of game improved. I thought after half time. Am I bit of six point five? No, I'm. I want to jump in at a seven. Oh, seven, yes. Yep. Uh, Josh Weddle. Uh, I'm going to give him a seven for today's performance. Um, started on and Ash, you called this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. But I called start- this last this time last week. Yeah. Um, Started on Charlie Kerno and um, everybody bar you was going, what is going on here? Um, yeah. we'll, we'll mark it down to a, a good learning experience for Josh. And I think it speaks to who he is as a player. And we talked about this last week too, Ash, is you, 
we don't really know where he's going to end up. He played a portion of the game one-on-one with, you know, arguably the best forward in the competition uh, and then played, the, you know, parts of the game off a halfback flank and ventured forward and, um, you know, could have had a couple of shots at goal and chose to put it at the top of the box. He, Which is a stupid idea. He kicked that goal from that distance against he Melbourne. Should have just kicked it. He should yep. have kicked it. I agree. It's not like we had forwards that were marking everything all day yeah. either. So, you know, and in the end, I think he kicked it to a four on one and the one was like Luke Bruce or something. So, yeah. um, but you know, he, he turned the ball over a little bit and he looked a little bit um, shaky at times, but you know, in a, in a drubbing as a first year player to finish with 23 disposals, five marks, um, you know, to have five score involvements uh, and, and just be, be sort of really impressive as the game wore on, I, th- I think is worthy of a seven out of 10. All right. Uh, a 6.5. Any takers? Yeah. Look, I think Jai fits in the 6.5 bracket. Didn't have an incredible game. Took a really great contested mark um, in the third quarter. Out on the outer side. Yeah. Third quarter, fourth quarter. I think that, um, was was involved in all of the positive stuff there in in, in that third quarter too, and um, I guess the architect of the comeback a little bit um, probably didn't use it as well as he has in the past. And you know, a, a big reason why we play well is is when Jai's delivering the ball really well into the Ford fifty. Didn't see that much of it today. Um, you know, the 20, 21 touches down on his usual season stats, but still a pretty solid game. And um, I think he'll, he'll learn a lot from that. They're, they're a pretty, pretty good midfield unit, Carlton. So uh, it wasn't just sort of Jaya that was struggling. I think I think we really struggled to get ascendancy there, even though we had ruck dominance. So That ruck dominance, yeah, was uh, not used to anywhere near advantage. Okay, uh, so that's a 6.5 and we get a 6. Yeah, I'll jump in here and give Harry Morrison a six. Um, I didn't particularly think he was fantastic, but I thought he was just over over par, maybe a little bit better than a, than a five. So I'm going to give him a six. I thought um, he didn't shirk it, which uh, has been a criticism of mine with Harry. Um, when the ball was overhead, he uh, he marked a couple. He got 24 disposals. His first game back for a while as well at, at AFL level, um, you know, six marks, used it at 70%. Um, did have the five turnovers, but um, yeah, I, I thought he was reasonably solid and worthy of a pass mark today. I he think um, one great mark backing into space. That's he did that. Yeah, was courage. Yep. Yep. I That's- think um, Carl Amon probably gets a six for me. I don't know if you, really? you boys agree. What? No. I don't think he was. No. No, not for I me. thought he had some really. Daz, these are your ratings, mate. So I'll never question your ratings. We'll take the last bid. You think he gets a six, he gets a six, but I wouldn't have given him a six, but go on. Well, no, I just think the way that he was distributing the ball, he took on some really aggressive kicks and get getting to see that live, um, I thought was was really interesting, just the way that he and, and and just the way that he distributed the ball across the ground and um through the corridor as well. So I don't think he had a shocking below five game, but you know, six is not an incredibly high score either. So two center clearances for Carl Amon today, by the way, fellas. That's um not something I would have expected. They they ran him through the guts and he won it twice. Very interesting. Well, they started to experiment, didn't they? Um, all right. For any five what everyone at five point five. Yeah, a couple. Barely a pass um, Yeah, a couple. I I'd give uh Connor McDonald a five point five. Um terrible thought- early. I thought he was pretty awful early, but I thought he battled back into the game really well. He, he kicked one goal too. He could have had 
you know, probably three. Um, he he's not always super clean, but he always looks dangerous and um and he and he and he puts himself about. So goal assist, one goal, two, had four score involvements, um, six marks, 15 disposals, four tackles, um, three of those inside 50. Uh, and I think we missed Brocky today. Uh, not that he would have reversed the result. We missed a few people today. Let's let's be real. Um, but yeah, I thought he was worthy of a five and a half. All right. Um now we're getting to I've got I've got one more five and a half actually. Yes, um, Seamus Sh- Mitchell. Uh I thought oh, Seamus Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, no, no, no. I mean five and a half. We're not really giving a this is like a participation award. Five, right? five and a half in this game is like a eight. Yeah, that's true. Look, I I, well, I want to give Seamus Mitchell five and a half. Um, call it bias, whatever. Um, I, again, I thought he used the ball reasonably well coming out of the back fifty. I'm just gonna check his stats again to make sure on my words aren't uh, aren't lies. Um, yeah, he went at eighty two percent, and he only had the one turnover for the day, which is far lower than the vast majority of his teammates. Seventeen disposals and six marks, four tackles, um, and in a game where we got beat fairly comfortably, I didn't think he was a terrible performer. I thought he was pretty decent. All right, that is. I'm going to jump in at five with Scrimmer. I thought he, I thought he had a reasonable game for for a backline that was consistently under pressure. Um, just you know, distributed distributed the ball reasonably well. Um, don't think he was shocking, but uh, definitely wasn't dominant either. And you know, I, I think the lack of you know, without James Sisley, I think that back line is just constantly at sea, uh, unfortunately. And um, I think someone put up some, Sam Landsberger put up some stats around our winning record with, with Sis and without Sis this year. And um, you just you just want a scrimshaw or a frost to take control of that back line. And it's really just not happening at the moment, unfortunately. But I don't think he was the worst of that unit. Okay. So now we're down to fives, five out of 10, which is the pass mark. Um, I'll start with you, Danny. Yeah, Chad. I'm going to give Chad a five. Yeah, I'm pleased. Um, pleased with that. Yeah, I, look, I, I thought he was better than a fail. So I um, have to jump in here and give him a five. I think I, I think there was a bit more like it for Chad. I mean, we didn't, we didn't get the ball forward of center enough to really make him a huge part of the game. But I, I would, I would, wager that his 18 disposals that he got today is probably his season high, I would have thought, um, at AFL level. Uh, and he just looked he looked fairly dangerous. I mean, not a lot of it came off, um, but his intent was good. He had a goal assist, four score involvements. Um, the first two goals in the third quarter, he directly set up. Yep, yep. And six inside 50s, two tackles inside 50s. If we're going to get that from Chad, and then you'd you'd like to see him score a goal or two a week. Um, that's not too bad. I don't I don't mind that. I don't see him having a future at Hawthorne after this year. Um, but if we can put him in the shop window uh, in the last sort of you know few rounds of the year, that's not a bad idea. It's interesting. He got a, he got a, a, a stat at one stage, and there was some ironic cheers. The Hawthorne supporters, but then he started getting a little bit after that, and people started saying, Oh, Chad, yeah, he's he's putting in, he's doing all right. I thought he battled, but I was pleased I picked him. And I thought, and Mitchell in his post match presser also was quite, he's really pleased with Chad's game. So I think he's played, he's bought himself a few weeks, yeah, uh, 
brought into a few weeks in the side. There's one terrible kick going forward once actually scooped a kick as they were streaming forward, but he wasn't alone in that regard today in terms of butchering the footy. But uh, yeah, I thought he I thought he worked pretty hard today. And maybe it's a new Chad. Maybe the flashy Chad that we used to see at Port Adelaide is not is no longer that that Chad is gone, and that's the hard work working one uh, percent to set things up Chad that uh, an organizer Chad that we may uh, may see more of going forward. Well, there was that pretty incredible um, opportunistic moment that led to our first goal where that was the the Chad of old, that magic Chad. But I agree, that was a, a much more workmanlike performance from him. And he's done all the right things. He's gone back to Box Hill, which I didn't think would happen. He's he's put in the work and he worked pretty hard today. So credit where it's due. It's just a bit of a predicament now as to whether you actually play him for the remain, remaining games or you bring in... Brockman, who you know had an illness and will likely be in contention for selection next week, so it's a tough one with him and Harry Morrison because you know while they're having okay games and we're talking about them both getting pass marks for the longevity of the side and the future, I'm not really sure where they fit. Who else gets a five? Um, I've got who's, two. Who's left? Burgess? I've got two. I'm Would you give Fergus, Fergus a five? Yeah, I'd give Fergus a five. Two-two. Uh, look, I, what I will say is it's two-two, but he 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 should have kicked five. Yeah, absolutely. He he, he he didn't make the distance from forty with one of his kicks. So you know, I mean, he's getting opportunities. He's he played the role as a as a hit up forward. He actually yeah. did what he was supposed to do. He missed some very gettable shots for his yeah, standards, though, which terrible. which is you know we 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 slam Cozzy every week for his poor kicking, but that was. That there were some terrible shots at goal there today. So, um, but he does look dangerous. He'd be the only footballer who's more comfortable in the Box Hill City Oval with the MCG kicking for goal. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't look like missing <laughs> when he plays for Box Hill, does he? Yeah, yeah. But you know, he he made a lot of chances today, which is more than you can say for you know Cosy. Wow, I didn't think those words would come out of your mouth. Yep. Uh, Wesley's going to love this. <laughs> The other player I want to throw up for consideration for five would be Dylan Moore, who again disappeared and uh, not much at first half. I feel desperately sorry for Dylan Moore that uh, the captaining of the club he loves and they've turned into absolute stinkers with him as captain. But I thought he worked his way into the game, like a lot of his mates, worked his way into the game in the third quarter. He got absolutely toweled up at one stage and ran through it in typical great Hawthorne fashion. Injuries didn't count. Um, I thought for, for effort and endeavour and just for a bit of desperation after half time, just gets him over the line for a, a five, but it's not to excuse a pretty poor first half like to tweet everybody else. Yeah, I, I think he was one of the architects of that comeback in the third quarter. A lot of re- really good efforts and leading from the front. I think with Dill, when he tries too hard and you could, you could, I mean, being captain is such a big deal for him, obviously being a supporter. Um, he He's at his best when he's kind of playing on instinct and not not sort of sometimes he just is guilty of trying too hard and it just doesn't work for him. Okay, so that's the pass marks. Surprising number of pass marks. We've got one, two, oh no, he didn't play. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven half the team at least get a pass mark, which is surprising. Some, some would say is generous because some of the uh, social media commentary that uh, to Hawks Insider said, no, hardly anyone gets a pass mark on the well, days. It maybe would be too generous. 
Well, to be fair to me, I haven't seen any of the social media commentary because Elon's shut my Twitter down. Um, yeah, so I've not been. Time. It's very weird watching a game from home when you don't have access to Twitter. Let me just put that out there. So um, apologies for the lack of Twitter action yeah. on my <laughs> part, um, but I just cannot get in at the moment for the yeah, last be, 24 be, hours. So. Because you've been using it too much. It's like a yeah, apparently. So if yeah. you, those of you who and, use it too much, you get lots of getting punished. Darren, you're the, uh, this is your well, world. Well, I, I haven't been punished. So, and yeah, you've been in Mexico for a week. <laughs> well, that's true. Um, but yeah, and in fairness to me, I just discovered, I found out, out about this new format tonight. So uh, I think if I could revise some <laughs> ratings, maybe afterwards, be, we'll have less players being, getting. We're going to be hammered for being fanboys. All right. So well, that's the pass marks done. So now we'll get to the nitty gritty of it and uh, bring, bring, your, bring your best with these. 4.5, anybody? Uh, yeah, I'll give Mitch Lewis a 4.5. Um, I don't think it was a, a, a pass, but, um, you know, he still kicked two goals. Uh, he had nine touches. He didn't, he didn't really provide too much of an aerial presence and he got pretty comprehensively beaten by, um, Jacob Wiedering, uh, in, especially in one-on-ones, um, Wiedering, I think beat him or, or went, you know, evens. Uh, in just about all the one-on-ones. But Lewis still managed to kick a couple of goals and, um, you know, that's what you want from your key forward, most importantly. So, uh, Yeah, just an outing for Mitch Lewis. Um, I'm going to give um, Luke Bruce. Yep. 4.5. Yep. Uh, especially in that third quarter. Again, one of the players that was responsible for the comeback and just, you know, a, a pretty mediocre Luke. Luke Bruce game, but he still hit the scoreboard, and um, I guess yeah, did he wasn't yeah, kicked two goals. Yeah, no, did he completely miss hit that first goal in the in the third quarter? The the snap close into I goal. Had an I, absolutely, I had terrible seats today. I, I so. would love, I would love to see the replay of that because I reckon he tried to hit it high, like a high standard Luke Bruce snap, and he absolutely mishit it, and it still went in, but it was like a dribbler. Yeah, it so didn't look that clean off the boot. Did, did not look good off the boot. Still went through. So still went through. Well, good goal, Luke. Well, <laughs> nice goal, Luke. Okay, that's four point fives. Uh, fours. Oh, before we get to the fours, can just also mention uh, Luke Bruce became uh, uh, is it a Hawthorne um, life member today? A- AFL life member. AFL life member for three hundred accumulative games. Yes, which I think is worth acknowledging on the pod. Congratulations yes. to well Luke. Well done, Luke Bruce. He has free grand final tickets for the rest of his life, um, and it's not a certificate from the AFL at some stage. Uh, who gets a four? Uh, Maybe Lloyd Meek. Um, Nobody's coming to defend. All right. I mean, yeah, look, Lloyd Meek, he had 32 hit outs. Um, we didn't really utilize him very well, but I thought he was the best. uh, Yeah. I thought he was the best um big man on the ground. Um and you know, you could see him try hard. I, I I look, there's there's serious issues when Carlton go into a game like that with no number one Ruckman, why we play two number one Ruckman in that game, that should have been late change city. And we should have had another runner coming in and just let Connor Nash or whoever chop out for the times that Jack Silvani rucked. And, you know, Lloyd Meek um, looked far more comfortable when he didn't have, when he wasn't having to play up forward too much. So um, yeah, I thought he was okay. 
And that's that's the thing though. He 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 looked much more comfortable too when Reeves was off the ground again. So it's I don't know if this combination is is really working because when one's when one's off off as a as a tactical sub, the other one plays better invariably this year. So is that ruck combination ever going to work? I think is something that we need to think about. They erred today. They everyone knew that Carlton were going to be playing one ruck, maybe no rucks. Recognised ruckman, and to I think Mitch not often was trying to be too smart. By playing both the ruckmen didn't work. Um, they well, dearly needed another run today, or another medium defender, or something like that. They had uh, holes everywhere that could have been filled with the extra player on the ground. Um, any other fours? No. Does Does Blake Hardwick get a four? Um, no, not for me. Printing, yeah, actually, what probably Connor not Nash? the other Yeah, Connor Nash oh. can have a four. Not oh, for I, me. I, yeah, I okay. That was a Connor okay. Nash of twenty twenty one today. Yeah, I just thought running geez. around like headless truck. Yeah, I just thought his pressure around the ball got him a, a mark or two more than uh, than that. I think he had like something. I think he had thirty pressure acts. Hang on, yeah, he did. So he he was he was seven above or five above our next closest um, player in terms of pressure acts. Um, you know, he wasn't very good when he got the ball, um, but I mean, we're, we're literally probably splitting a three and a half or a four here. So I, look, I don't, I'm not committed to it so strongly we're happy to happy to for Connor Nash to kick us off with the three and a halves for today Ash right and and we'll start from there I think there'll be a few maybe I don't understand the stat as well but that to me indicates that he was kind of chasing shadows a little bit Nashy that he was second to the yeah we were all chasing shadows (laughs) yeah that's true I think we'll disappoint he didn't hear on the standing at Paddy Cripps at the first bounce which is the other matchup we hope we'd see so that never happened do we get to put Sammy Mitchell in these ratings? Well, yeah, we do. Yeah, we probably just haven't got down to his score yet. Yeah, <laughs> on his best age offers. Okay, uh, so that's the fours done. Uh, <laughs> uh, who gets a 3.5? Um, I think. Yeah, go. Uh, well, I think Blake Hardwick had a 3.5. <laughs> you don't agree again. Or you just. <laughs> Three or 3.5, um, it doesn't matter. Yeah, look, I think he he really struggled all game with 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 their small forwards and was sloppy, unusually sloppy. Um, just tried a whole bunch of kicks that didn't come off. Um, yeah, I, it was prob- probably his worst game f- for a long time, Hardwick. And when we needed a, a lockdown solid senior defender, I, he just it just kind of wasn't wasn't the day for him. We've said that a couple of times about Hardwick this year. That was his worst game. For a long time, so are there concerns? Not, not concerns for me particularly. I think, um, I think if you think about the the back six unit that he was a part of today, um, we haven't got to quite a few of them, but they were missing James Sicily and Jarman Impey, who have been their two most consistent performers in that back six all year, um, and th- you know the other senior member of that back six was Sam Frost. And we're not going to get to him for a while, which I think says all you need to know about how well he went. So, um, you know, yeah, I I think it's, there's a lot of pressure on on Blake Hardwick today. And when the ball's a little bit slippery, the ground's a little bit wet, you know, and you're having to play in a role of most senior and sort of most dependable backman in the team, you know, that's, 
yeah, that's probably why he hasn't looked as good. All right, so up to the we're down to the threes, and we're three players left, and we're down to the threes. Um, so I'll I'll give Sam Butler a three. Um, I thought it wasn't a great game by Sam, but his pressure was still pretty good. I thought, um, but yeah, fifty six percent disposal efficiency. Had nine touches for the day, four of four turnovers as part of that. So, um, you know, you'd want to see a little bit more than that. Uh, from your small forwards. And um, I wonder, you know, if Brockman's in, does he, with, you know, being a little bit more further advanced than than Butler, does he give us, you know, 15 touches and maybe a goal instead of nine touches and no goals? But um, I don't I don't mind our young guys having dog days like this because especially when you're playing a really tough position like small forward in a losing side that, you know, cops a 60 point hiding. It's an incredibly hard position to play. Um, but we want to see more from Sam Butler. So three for him. I'm curious your thoughts on Sam Butler's game, Ash, because I think you you've you've been the one that hasn't really seen it with yeah. Butler. And I think this is the kind of game where he just absolutely goes missing. I did not yeah, notice I, him. I or... don't I don't see it, and I didn't see it today. And I was disappointed in his game a couple of times. He was, again, like a lot of it, he wasn't alone in this respect. He's he fumbly, turned the ball over, um, didn't take sort of any, any half chances that sort of came his way, a lot of chasing, running around. Pace of the game worries. I'm not sure the pace of the game he deals with all the time. Um, I think for next week, I'd be looking at, um, I think Brockman will come in. And he might miss out because I think Wingard played well enough to keep his spot. If you're going to play the two, both players plus Bruce, so that's your three for next week. Um, and he's got fought the radar a little bit. Um, I'm not quite sure what's happened, but uh, I'd like to see Bennett have a game in that role at some stage. He might might be a year away still, but uh, I'm not sure Bennett's would eventually offer more than Butler does. But they see they re-signed Butler for another two or three years, so they see more than I do. And they yeah, I think um I think if you look at his brother as a bit of an example, he was took a little while to acclimatize to AFL footy. He played some pretty decent football. Um and you know played some decent footy for the Tigers. And I think Sam's got a lot more in his kit bag than than Dan does. So anyway. That's we'll, just my two cents. We'll see. Okay, so we're down to two players. Um and we're, uh, no we've got four, don't we? Who who have we not done? Blank? James Blank, Finn McGuinness, Ned Reeve, Sam Frost. Finn McGuinness, yes. I'm looking at the footy record and we missed a couple of players because Walter changed their team. Uh, well, yeah, Frost. Frost, Reeves, McGuinness, Blank. And Blank. Yes. I, feel, yeah. I feel bad for James Blank that he's getting such a low rating and it's not just because he supports the same Premier League team as me, which is well documented. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty hard matchup when you when we, sometimes we forget how young Blank is and um, you know, Harry Mackay, one of the one of the best forwards in the game and just killed him on the lead all day, which I didn't really expect to happen as much because J- James Blank is a pretty fast, um, fast player. But um a couple of times the a couple of times just put put out in front of Mackay and um you know Chris Lagford in his prime couldn't have stopped him. So, you know, there, a couple of times there were a couple of occasions though where his positioning and I don't know if as we could... record this, Duckett's just gone out. England are now five. You'll know the score what time you hear. Yeah, this, this is uh, this is this, this is live tweeting. Wow. Live, to, live for us. Five for one seven seven. Is it is it cricket on? Uh, still playing cricket. Oh Thank, right. thanks, Daz. Great contribution. <laughs> um, um 
Uh, there was a few times where they're positioning and he wasn't alone. It was all of our defenders where they were, they were zoning off their man when the short kicks were the ones that were coming in all day. And when they were zoning off, they weren't, they were neither in a, in a good spot to block the short kicks or in a good spot to cover the long kicks over the back. So we set ourselves up for failure in the way that we set up defensive defensively all day. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that was one of blanks poorer games, to be honest. All right, what are we giving? Uh, what are we going to give Sam Frost? Uh, no, we're not up to Sam Frost yet. No, um, still no. <laughs> no, no. Um, oh, I'm, I'll, I'm I'll, waiting for this. You know, but I'll give, uh, but I'll give Finn McGuinness a three. Um, just because I didn't think, like, he came on what in the third quarter. He had five touches. He didn't do anything wrong. Um, but he was playing in a back pocket. You know, he had five touches. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Like nothing bad there, but um, nothing to write home about either. All right, then. Um, it's just a curious sub, Finn. I just, yeah. you know, what, what is he bringing into the game? He's not bringing energy. He's bringing negative defensive. It was an encouragement of water. It, yeah, it's uh, uh, just an inexplicable sub. You'd rather have put, put Baylor McDonald on the bench. But he's the opposite of Clarkson, who, you know, he kind of down his first game was a sub and didn't come on. I think Mitchell's attitude is... You know, the debutants will play. I mean, he could have given it to Husswaite or Stevens. Yeah, but he yeah, could, but I think have, they get... could have put Baylor McDonald as his played a game. And, but and I think he at least he's... offers some yeah. speed and aggression. I think those young guys, though, they get they get more out of a full game at Box Hill than they would out of, you know, a quarter and a half at I agree. That's, that, that's so what, I that's think that might be Mitchell's attitude. thinking. Yeah. Yeah, Mitchell's attitude is there's no point playing the first game as is no. on, on the bench. I don't think he was a big fan of what happened to Downey. Yeah, uh, his first game. I, I don't mind that, by the way. I don't mind playing a Harry Morrison or a Chad Wingard or a Finn McGuinness as the sub. Um, you know, actually, Wingard probably um, is a, is a great player to have as a sub. You know, because he can make an impact if he's good. So, um, if you're listening to this, Mitch, uh, don't drop Sam Butler next week. Bring in Brockman for Wingard and start Wingard as a sub. Yeah, start uh, start Butler as a sub. You know, mm. he's probably gonna. Get some VFL experience. Um, all right. We can so, give Ned Reeves. We can give Ned Reeves a three. I think Ned Reeves three. Does oh, you want to give him a two and a half? Yeah, I, I I do because go for it. He did. He a lot of hitouts, a stack of hitouts, not to advantage. Maybe it was the result of the Carlton players just being in the right spot and reading the 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 the, the footy better off his hands, but. Again, we've got two Ruckman that really don't contribute around the ground at all. And I think that's just, it, that, that, it probably looks at times why we, pl- we look like we're playing with, with less men on the ground because um, Reeves just makes zero impacts across the ground. Reeves has um, gone backwards this year, I had to say, because I was, had him pegged as a top five Ruckman by 2025. Yeah. But he's gone backwards this year. Uh, I, I have some doubts that he makes it long term to be honest um and if you, and and not because he's not good in in aerial ruck duels i think he is uh and i think he um you know in those duels can be much better than meek uh and i know Daz, you sort of questioned the the pressure act stat but if you have a look at lloyd meek he's had 23 pressure acts and seven tackles comparatively to ned reeves's eight pressure acts and four tackles you know and i think that that in this context that speaks to the work rate around the ground for these guys as ruckman and ned reeves is a statue on the field like 
you know, there's Warney's statue and then there's Ned Reeves' statue. Warney's is on the outside of the G. Ned Reeves' this one's on the inside of the G. Oof. Well, in fairness to Reeves, if it's pretty hard to move with a rig like that. Um, yeah, it's also pretty know. hard to move when you're on the bench as a sub. Bring spice today. Just wait. We're not even at Sam Frost yet. Well, we are because that's all that's left. Sam Frost. You just give us the ranking. 2.5? Yeah. Uh, no. Nah. Two. Yeah, he's lucky to get a two. I thought he was rubbish today. I thought he was absolutely rubbish. And, you know, there's the – and I thought he was terrible last week, and I thought he was worse this week. Um, his turnovers just continue to be glaring – terrible, terrible turnovers, inexplicable turnovers for a player of his experience. And uh, I know Sam Mitchell loves him, um, but like, I, I, all right. I don't want to see that, that type of player in this football side post 2023. I just don't want to see it. I don't care if Denver Granger Barras gets smacked week in, week out, as a key defender or James Blank does as a key defender or Will McCabe does next year as a 75 kilogram key defender. I would rather see those guys learn and develop than have your senior key position player setting that kind of example. I just, I not, not here for it. Not here for it. You once I'd say he ran out of the back line, handball to Seamus Mitchell. Yeah. It was a two meter handball. And put it in front of Mitchell, too far in front of Mitchell. Ball stumbles forward, and Hawthorne was, you know, players running ahead of the ball. Had to get to Mitchell's hands. Something's going to happen. Ball's in Mitchell's hands. He's got speed now, or he can use the footy. And that players and the in front, bounce in front of Mitchell. He couldn't get the ball cleanly. I think turnover Carlton goal. I mean, it was just so infuriating. And I, I'm, I see what Mitchell, Sam Mitchell, sees in Frost as a leader off the ground, and as a pure negator, he can do some wonderful stuff. I think he's better at it when Sicily's in the side. But the turnovers will kill you, and they just, that's what they say in the NFL, turnovers kill you. And today, they just killed Hawthorne, and he's in a bit of a rut. They've got no choice. He has to play next week um, without Sicily, but then we'll see what happens after that. It was just uh, crushing, some crushing turnovers today. I think you could kind of accept the frostball moments when he was playing really well as a lockdown defender. And I think that's really what's been disappointing this year is he's not, he's not winning those one-on-one battles. He's just completely out of position. Most of the time, it was a strange role today playing this sort of floating marauding cis like role in a game where Weddle just looks so exposed against Kerno and, um, you know, you had a, a very young and inexperienced James Blank uh, playing on Mackay. So I didn't really understand what Mitchell was point he was trying to make there in, in, in those matchups. And um, Frost, to me, would have just been better served playing one-on-one against those bigger key forwards in the, for Carlton rather than just kind of floating around and being a chaos agent, really, that ended up turning over the ball and... Getting, you know, they they scored quite a few goals, but off off the back of his um, turnovers. Yeah, I echo everything you've just said, Daz. And I I think you can justify playing somebody like Sam Frost in a team where you know you can 
where you're a bit more experienced. There's other players around him. You know, you might be competing and he's your third best key forward and he comes in to chop out when somebody's injured or suspended. But in this team, when we're tracking where we are, it's why I get frustrated with a lot of really pessimistic Hawks fans. Um, And, you know, that's not naming names, but because they'll be at a game like today and they will get smacked. And yeah, sure, we were terrible. But the vast majority of our players haven't played 40 games yet. The important ones haven't played the amount of games they need to in order to be able to ride those bumps, you know. But Sam Frost should be able to, and he can't. And if you if you are a 27, 28-year-old player in this side, the way that it's constructed right now, you either need to be the ones picking players up when they're down, when the team's down, or you need to be out of the side for me. So that's that's where I'm at with Sam Frost. Uh, finally, we, uh, the coach. Is he in the two, three range? Uh, yeah, look, um, I'll let Daz um, give his thoughts as well, but I thought he had a shocker today. Um, and we've talked about some of the some of the reasons why. I think his team selection was atrocious. Going in with two rucks, Morrison coming from outside of the emergencies into the team was weird. I mean, I know he had a decent game, um, but you know, you've guys, you've got guys there that could come and step in uh, to the side. We lost, we lost, um, you know, Brockman and Impey from the initial selected side. That doesn't hurt. That doesn't help. Sorry. Um, and yeah, I just thought some of his selection, um, one-on-one selections. Ashley talked about no Connor Nash on on Patrick Cripps. And looking at Cripps today, he had his way with the Hawthorne midfielders. They just didn't have the the size to go with him. But Connor Nash does. And we didn't utilize that. I don't know why we didn't utilize that. Um, and then, you know, Weddle on Kerno to start when you've got Frost there, just confusing everybody in the back line, playing some sort of hybrid, trying to be James Sisley role um, that he can't play. Um, you know, I, that, yeah, it was just, there was a lot of weirdness, a lot of weirdness for me today. I feel like our defensive structure and setup, um, was just, just atrocious. And if you look at the blues, they set up so well behind the ball, um, that when we entered our forward 50, we'll more often than not, we were kicking to, uh, contests that had that the blues had a man advantage in. Um, but that never happened the other way around. We were always second to the ball. Um, and you know, that obviously the players have to wear a lot of that, but, um, the, the structures and the, and the, um, systems around the players that allow them to do that well, didn't seem like they were there this week. So it's just the first time since 1927 Hawthorne score kicked was without a goal in the first half of the game. At the MCG, that's how bleak a day it was. Yeah, I don't think it was one of Sam's. We're all huge fans of the coach here. I don't think it was one of his greatest days at the footy. Um, just pulled several of the wrong reins. Um, yeah, he gets a mulligan, but it was a a, a disappointing day and started selection. I don't think too many people really felt great going to the footy today. Looking at the team weight, he's a couple of other notes out of before we finish up that um, will be discussed before we get back to Wednesday night for the spaces. If we can still do spaces, I don't know where the spaces are in the air, apparently this whole new uh, ruling. We'll have to do Elon's uh, latest, uh, uh, latest antics. We'll have to check whether we can still do a space. Hopefully we can. Others will be a podcast again. 
Might have to um, do an open Zoom meeting for everybody to jump Yeah, in. so it was the open Zoom, that's right. Oh, well, be, oh my goodness. <laughs> I can imagine that. <laughs> um, I think that um, it was interesting, interesting to hear James Sisley on the radio on the way in in the car. Still pretty filthy about the suspension. Still thinks the, the AFL and the various tribunals got it wrong. Also, I said, good to see some common, uh, common sense has been applied with a couple of the rulings, dangerous, a couple of tackle rulings in the last couple of weeks. So clearly he's paying attention to it and noticing it and still pretty livid. And increasingly, this is just totally and utterly screwed Hawthorne over this Sicily suspension and very, very, un- incredibly unlucky and no real explanation for it. I think they've been absolutely held out. Uh, I feel it's hung them out to dry. Yeah, and, and we won't win. We won't win until James Sicily comes back. So chalk us down for another L next week. Oh, that, that won't. That won't. The Giants beat, won't beat Melbourne today. So I don't think Hawthorne, and never won at Giants Stadium. So I don't think there'll be a win happening next week either. Yeah, Cal, Callum, Callum Brown's going to have an absolute field day. Callum Brown, I'm, I'm muting the group chat now, just putting that out there. Yeah, uh, it's not a bad idea. Box Hill is interesting, though. Denver Granger Barras was put forward, as was explained to me by someone today, because they just. Trying something, trying desperately to f- find something for him that'll work, and it did. Kicked four goals, and uh, the coach indicated post game his press conference that they'll probably keep that experiment going. Well, it doesn't mean he'll come in and play next week for Hawthorne, but uh, in the forward line. But uh, I think they're going to persist with that for a little yeah. bit longer. But certainly, there are guys at Box who are crying out for a game. GF played, ran around. Uh, the stats look good for GF. A couple of people yeah, watched the game good. more closely said he was still a bit of the CJ. Uh, but some poor decisions and some needless turnovers, but at least he ran and provided some energy. So I'd say he'd be a very good chance to return next week to the side. Hustwaite, um, uh, Stevens, uh, a couple more that are crying out. Sarong, Sarong, Sarong actually had a had a great game and um, was pro- probably the best on. Yeah, one of the best. They moved on him ground, back so. and, and DGB forward. So Sarong, um, I'm very impressed that you're watching the VFL from the tarmac at uh, which airport was it, Darren? That's it. I had a long layover in um, in Sydney, so was watching <laughs> the VFL from the from the Virgin Lounge in and amongst a bunch of G- GWS VFL players who are en route to to Melbourne. All oh, right, pretty big boys. Um, but yeah, it was it was uh, Sarong was had a great game, and I, he he could actually come back into the side next week, just depending on what happens. Um, DGB is is a peculiar. It was peculiar to see him in the forward line, but he he played really well. But an experiment that I would love to see DGB playing in the back line whilst this is out. Um, <laughs> and I thought, and I thought that was what was going to happen. And, and didn't Mitchell, oh, Mitchell Mitchell basically said it without saying it. He said he'll be in there sooner rather than later. And then he next week he plays him in the forward line. Weird. It yeah, is weird. That's, that's a weird one. Not quite sure what's going on there. I'm still not hundred percent convinced he'll be at the club next year. I think we've probably said all that needs to be said about this forget forgetful afternoon at the MCG. So for a great crowd and of the Pancare uh Activation looked fantastic as well with the purple seats behind the goal. What it did is it, it meant that the public areas of the MCG were actually full to overflowing and they had to move people into the MCC and the AFL members reserve from the general public in order to give, give everyone a seat. That was a, a really um it was a really beautiful way to 
commemorate the lives of the three and a half thousand people that have died from pancreatic cancer. Um, and I think, yeah, you know, credit to, to, to Paul Deere and his legacy. And um, that was at least one wonderful thing to take out of this game. Um, and I think Will Day won the the most courageous player, which is yep. um, part, part of the Dead Hope match as well. So, uh, yeah, good, uh, that was a good part of the day. The rest of the day was a stinker. So, thank you everyone for listening. Hope you appreciate the different format that we may revisit from time to time. It's not a bad way to get through a loss. I think we can have a bit uh, bit more humour with it. Um, hopefully, the normal transmission will be resumed before too long. I think we've got two more weeks of Wednesday night spaces to go before we move back to Thursdays to see out the rest of the season and into off-season. Um, thanks, everyone, for your support of Hawks Insiders. We recently turned to, Darren. We didn't have a party, though. Well, you, but you wrote a great piece about it, Ash, so it's it's better than a party. It was better. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and just a, if you're trying to think about something to do this week and you're a bit, at a bit, bit of a loss, Thursday night, the MCG will be Lance Franklin's last game at the MCG. So if you ever have the inclination to go to a neutral game of football, uh, go and watch it probably the last time. They may play a game or two at Marvel. I haven't looked at their draw, but this might be it. If you love Buddy and you want to watch him play one last time, get to the MCG on Thursday night. Wear something brown and gold to signify where he started and where, where we think he still played his best football. Um, so that's something to. Gee, I'm going to miss that bloke when he's when he's not playing. Oh, yeah, I think we'll talk about it a bit more on Wednesday. I think we might. Have, oh, that's um, a good idea. I think we'll celebrate him once again on uh, on uh, Wednesday. He's night completely forgiven, as far as I'm concerned. By the way, well, like because he's not going to play in a premiership. I think. Nah, so it's fine. So <laughs> if you played in a premiership for City, we would all been really shitty. I think. To be fair, I wish he was a four time premiership player at Hawthorne, but you know, what can you do? Well, I think he's happy he made the move, but I think we see it. Uh, as the fact that one thing that uh, makes it a relatively painless for Hawthorne is that he won't play in that premiership team uh, for the Swans. So that's a that's a good outcome, I think. What a player. What a player, what a man. Um, so, Darren, thank you. Thank you for uh, staying up. You must be uh, screaming to go to bed oh, now. I finished, With the yeah. jet lag. So thank Screams you. We appreciate to... you putting Hawks and Titles before your health. Um, no, it's good to be back and... I'm sure I'll be uh, doing something Hawks Insiders related when I wake up again at two o'clock in the morning and can't go back to bed. So yeah. try and write something. We miss your, uh, <laughs> yeah. We miss your keystrokes. Yeah. I'll get my brain working again. Danny, thank you as always. Uh, we see enjoy the rest of your holiday, wherever you are, somewhere in the wilds of Queensland. Uh, we'll talk to you on all being well. We'll talk to you on space on Wednesday night. Thanks for listening. And thanks for your support as always of Hawks Insiders. Have a good week.